No matter where you are or what you're doing, nothing stops you in your tracks than a theme song you grew up with. You're now listening to Catchy, a theme song podcast with your hosts, Trina, Shelby, and Addie. Each week, one of us will pick a song we will present to the rest of the host to share the fun facts, the lyrics, play games, and more. Today's island singer is... Trina. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Woo! Hello. Which island are you on today? <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Let's find out and see. So my hint last time was three hour tour, which I think both of you just by that hint know what it is. So mm-hmm. let me give it a doo-wop hum here. I don't know if I'm going to keep going, but because <laughs> <laughs> it does keep doing that, right? Like it does. tour. Yeah. So can we say what it is? Yeah. What is it? Gilligan's Island. Yes, Gilligan's yeah. Island. What a I can't good wait one. to learn about this show because as much as Same I know here. about it, used to see it come on TV after Flipper or somewhere along with MASH, I never saw one episode. Yeah, I uh, would catch reruns here and there. I can't say that I you know, watched it from first episode to last. It was on before any of our times, but for some mm-hmm. reason this song... I mean, I, I know it. You guys know it. And uh, I figured, why not do it? It's very uh, well known out there. Yeah, it's a good, solid theme song. I don't think I've seen one full episode, but like Addie said, it would, <laughs> I would always catch the reruns. So I would definitely see bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to learn more about the show. All right, then we will dive into it. The theme song is called Ballad of Gilligan's Isle. It was composed and written by Sherwood Schwartz and George Weil. Uh, The first season, the theme song was performed by the band The Wellingtons. And fun fact, they appeared on the show as well. And they were called The Mosquitoes, which was a Beatles parody band that somehow (laughs) got on the island. So (laughs) I like the name. I know. (laughs) It's perfect for an island, The Mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. And then the second season version, which had more uh, sea shanty sound, it was unaccredited, but according to Russell Johnson, who played the professor, the band was called The Eligibles. Hmm. Now, this is a, a fu- it's going to be a fun read. There is lyrics for the opening credits and the ending credits, and they're completely different. So oh, cool. I will get into those. All right. The opening credits go. Just sit right back and you're he- you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. 
The wet weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship set ground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle with Gilligan, the skipper too, the millionaire and his wife, the movie star, the professor, and Marianne here on Gilligan's Isle. And that is the opening credit. And then once the show's done and the roll the end credits, the lyrics go. Now, this is the tale of our castaways. They're here for a long, long time. They'll have to make the best of things. It's an uphill climb. The first mate and his skipper, too, will do their very best to make the others comfortable in their tropic island nest. No phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury like Robinson Crusoe, it's primitive as can be. So join us here each week, my friend. You're sure to get a smile from seven stratted castaways here on Gilligan's Isle. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I don't know many, uh, maybe the only theme song I can think of that has different opening lyrics and ending lyrics. Usually it's like a variation of the opening credits yeah. song or something. Right. When I found cool. that, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'd never realized that or knew that because you don't really listen to the end credits, you know? Yeah. Mm -mm. So, but what do you guys give this as catchy rating wise? I think I'm going to go with a solid four. I think I'm going to do, yeah, either 3.5 or a four, but I'll stick with a four because I think you only said that one hint and I already had parts <laughs> of the theme song in my head. So I think that's really telling. And it definitely gets in your head a little bit, even though I don't think I knew one real lyric to the song yeah. <laughs> very much. But I would say, I think a four, solid four. How about you, Addie? I give it smack in the middle, 2.5. Mm -hmm. uh, for the very same reasons, actually. Like, it's catchy. <laughs> You're able to quickly identify the show and the song, and you have that kind of loopiness of it stuck in your head for a little bit. But... It's not one that I would say is super, it doesn't stick with you and it's not too catchy because I don't, I can't recall a lot of the lyrics other than just the, the melody of it. Yeah. I'm in between you guys. I think I put, um, I was thinking more three, but I think as I read the lyrics, I'll go with 3.5. Final answer. So yeah. So I think I want to go down. You want to go down to 3.5? 3.5. I decided. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys are right. Like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stick with me and it's not annoyingly in my head, but I do know the lyrics and I, when I hear it, mm -hmm. it's very recognizable. So I would say like a 3.5. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you guys want to go into what the show was about? Yeah. Yes. All right. The show was created by Sherwood Schwartz. And if you don't know that name, he also created the Brady Bunch. Mm, I did not know that. His original idea of creating this show was, quote unquote, a metaphorical shaming of world politics. So he was in class one day. And, you know, that age old question of, of if you were on a desert island, what would you bring with you? Yes. <laughs> they were asked that. And then he thought, well, what if we get like these different characters and we put them on an island and pretty much what he was trying to get at was if you put all these different kinds of characters with different backgrounds in one area or on, on an island, they will work together to survive. And I was like, huh, what a way to be a uh, metaphoric about it. But yeah, um, when he pitched it, obviously it didn't sound very 
comedic. So it was kind of funny that that was the original thought behind this show. And this show aired for three seasons, 98 episodes total. September 26, 1964 was the first episode, and the last episode was April 17th, 1967. Hey. Someone's <laughs> birthday. Not the year, just the date. <laughs> the <year. laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Hey. That show was on a lot less than I thought it was. I thought it might have been on for a little bit longer than that, yeah. but... I agree. When I heard it was three seasons, I was like, wow, I felt I like, like what? I felt yeah. like there was a lot more than that. But maybe because, you know, we always see it rerunning before any other show we're watching. How know? many episodes, though? So the first oh, yeah, season had 36 episodes. Oh, okay. And then there we go. I think the next two, they were like split between, you know, like, what is that? Like 20s or 20 something? 20-something, or... 30, yeah. Because mm. I think that's the difference with like... The seasons that play out now, especially with like streaming services, Mm -hmm. seasons went from something like an average of like 20 something to about seven. Right. Right. You get lucky if you get like seven in your limited series. And I feel like with, you know, last uh, couple of weeks ago, we did um, Batman Mm -hmm. and we did some other series where they do a lot of episodes per season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm thinking I forget now because I feel like it was so long ago that we did Adam's Family, but there was like a lot of episodes in one season, I think. <laughs> it was only, a, yeah, like 60 something, yeah. I think, and they only did a couple seasons, but 60 right. something episodes for one season, that's a lot. I <laughs> <It's> know. <aggressive. laughs> and season one was in black and white, and then season two and three were actually uh-huh. in color. Do you remember the black and white? I do vaguely remember the black and white, but the one I remember most is the one in color. I think I remember the color the most. I don't know if I remember the black and white ones. And as far as what the show is about, well, the theme song pretty much says it all. There's seven castaways. (laughs) They get shipwrecked on an island where they learn to survive. And it centers around them attempting to find a way off the island, but always without success, mostly thanks to Gilligan. (laughs) (laughs) Now we'll just go into the characters really quick. And uh, like you, Shelby, I got this from Wikipedia. I think Wikipedia, the way they, the way they describe the characters are sometimes pretty funny. I know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I need to, I like to write them down sometimes. I'm like, this is either way off or it makes the character seem right. way worse than they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. The way they describe Natalie, I'm like, uh, no, I'm on, on Facts of Life. I'm like, I'm going to change that. But anyway. <laughs> Bob Denver plays Gilligan, and he's described as an inept, accident-prone first mate of the SS Minnow, which is their ship. Alan Hale Jr. is Captain Jonas Grumby, a.k.a. the Skipper, and he's the captain of the SS Minnow. Jim Backus is Thurston Howell III, and he is the Wall Street millionaire. Natalie Schaefer is Lovey Wentworth Howell, and that's Mr. Thurston's wife. Tina Louise is Ginger Grant, who is the Hollywood movie star. Russell Johnson is Professor Roy Hinckley, PhD, a.k.a. The Professor. And Don Wells is Marianne Summers, a wholesome farm girl from Winfield, Kansas, who won the trip and tour in a lottery. Side note, I always feel like they play these girl next door, like people from like the farm. And they they say they're from Kansas, right? (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to say Midwest. Wait, that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) They, I think that was described as somebody on Facts of Life, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so weird. I also really like the ship name, SS Minnow. Yeah. <laughs> it's SS. so cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, before we get into fun facts and games, which there's a lot of, we'll go into the uh, good old Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you got me on this one, Trina. I saw you. I don't know if you have so, an idea. I have no idea. This one was hard, and it's pushing it to the limit. Um, <laughs> Let's get it to Nev Campbell somehow. Oh, Just yeah, kidding. I wish. <laughs> I wish. It would be much easier. So my the only route that I knew of was through Lucille Ball. Because Natalie Schaefer mm. guest starred on I Love Lucy. So if we go that route, Lucille Ball was in a movie called Stage Door with Katherine Hepburn. And Katherine Hepburn mm. was in a movie called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier was in a movie with Tony Curtis called The Defiant Ones. Tony Curtis was in a movie with Jack Lemmon called Some Like It Hot. And Jack Lemon was in a movie with Kevin Bacon called JFK, and that is exactly six degrees. Wow, <laughs> that's it was. And then so I looked up. I I wanted to see if I could figure it out. I mean, see if there was a closer degrees. I don't know if I I don't know if I really found any. The only one would be one less. And Jim Backus, who plays Thurston Howell the Third, he was in a movie with Spencer Tracy called It's a Mad 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 World, but that would still be five degrees. So. Hmm. We still did connect Kevin Bacon, just pushed it to the limit that time. Just tough, yeah. <laughs> Keeping still it really impressive. Six, like six and under, I think, is a success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. As long as you get it six and under, that's a, that's a win for We're me. Good. I haven't found one yet where no nobody connects six degrees or less, so we'll I see. wonder if we'll get there. I, I wonder when, when we will get there, if we'll ever if, get there. I don't know if we can. <laughs> I think we'll be able to always connect, so we shall see. Okay, are you guys ready for some games? Ready. I am so ready. I'm nervous. Give me all the points. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just need a couple. Give me yeah. a couple. I'll be happy. Yeah, you're still in the lead, so you, you can get a couple and still be healthy, healthily <laughs> ahead of us. <sighs> I don't know. You are at 24 points and Shelby, you're at 30. Okay. I mean, we are, we're pretty close. We're what do you have, close. Trina? You have like high 20s, right? Uh, 26. I have 26. Okay. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. We are, uh, we're not, my lead is very narrow <laughs> now. <laughs> All right. So I have, and I know this uh, two truths and a lies gets very confusing. So I have oh, one no. for you on that. <laughs> for a, some people. A couple Shelby. true and false. <laughs> And then some multiple choice. So it's a little mix mosh here. Okay. Who would like to go first? I don't mind. Okay, Addie. Two truths and a lie. So tell me which one is the lie, which one is not true. The first statement is original pilot did not have the professor, Ginger, and Marianne. The original pilot theme song was a Calypso style theme song. And number three is The Lagoon was filmed in Malibu, California. Somehow the first one seems, I have to point out which one's the lie. Yes, which mm -hmm. one is so not I think true. The first one is true about the two characters not being in the pilot. That's what she said, right? Three, yeah. Professor, okay. Ginger, and Marianne. Um, what was the second one? Sorry. The original pilot theme song was Calypso, like a Calypso theme song. I'm going to say the middle one is the lie. Ah, you're wrong. The <laughs> lie. 
The lie is the lagoon was filmed in Malibu, California. Oh, see, I, I thought that one was true. Yeah. I was thinking that was true. Yeah, so it was the original plan, but they had a lot of downtime due to fog, so they moved it to the studio lot at CBS, oh. which also had its own set of problems. Filming also <laughs> still had to be halted because they were able to hear the traffic from the freeway. And then in the winter... <laughs> The water would be around 40 degrees, so Bob Denver, who plays Gilligan, would have to wear a wetsuit under his outfit. <laughs> That's pretty uh, funny. And then in struggle. 1995, that lagoon was turned into a parking lot, so it's no longer there. Oh, no. <laughs> it's gone. But the original pilot theme song was Calypso-styled, and it was actually written by John Williams. Oh, Mr. Oh, Star Wars, no way. Mm -hmm, and performed by Sherwood Mr. Home Swan. Alone. Yeah, Mr. Home Alone. And it was also performed by Sherwood Schwartz, uh, impersonating Sir Lancelot. Can you remind me what Calypso style means? It's again? like that, um, like those steel drums, and then oh, it's like, like ding, the ding, very islandy, yeah, very islandy. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. When I went to the Bahamas, I got off a plane, <laughs> and that's what I heard. So okay, now that's, that's all I exactly. think about. <laughs> I could definitely see that being yeah. <laughs> and the original pilot, it did did not have Professor Ginger and Marianne. Instead, it had, so it still had Gilligan, the Skipper, and the Howells, but instead of those three, it had two secretaries and a high school teacher, mm. which they changed after, uh, after that. Okay, Shelby, are you ready? <sighs> the lie. Got to pick out the lie. Yeah, pick I'm out, ready. <laughs> pick out the lie. <laughs> All right. Statement one, it was orig originally supposed to be a six-hour ride instead of a three-hour tour. The SS Minnow was named after the creator's own boat. <laughs> the professor and Marianne were not in the original opening credits. <laughs> Your face is like, what? Uh, my face? <laughs> um... Okay, my guess is the first one is the lie. The six-hour tour. I think that's a lie. That is not a lie. That is true. Originally <sighs> in the... Yeah, they originally in the uh, John Williams Calypso theme song, it was originally a six-hour ride, and they changed wow. it to a three-hour tour. What a long ride. <laughs> I think three-hour tour sounds way better. <laughs> I wonder how they rhyme that one, six-hour ride. I know, six-hour ride. Like, it doesn't sound like they would have had to do something way different. Uh, is the SS Minnows a lie? That is the lie. So. Dang it. I wanted that one to be true, I think, in my heart. <laughs> so that's why I didn't. That's why I went against that one being the lie. Oh, man. Well, it was jokingly named after Newton Minnow, who was the head of the FCC <laughs> at the time, who infamously described television as a vast wasteland. So they were kind of jabbing it at him and joking oh, around, okay. like jokingly named it after yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> And then in the opening credits, credits in season one, the professor and Marianne were not named or listed. Instead, it said, and the rest. Oh. It didn't say. And the rest. Yeah, it didn't say movie star and the rest is what it said, not the professor and Marianne. How rude. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, after season one, they became pretty popular. And Bob Denver, who plays Gilligan, pushed the studio execs to change that and add them in. And there's kind of two two stories. He was pushing the studio execs to change it because, uh, and they refused because they thought it would be too expensive to reshoot the credits. 
so pretty much Bob Denver said, well, then take my name off. And they didn't want to do that either. So eventually they caved. But another story goes that Tina Louise, who played Ginger, had it in her contract that no one would follow her name in the credits. And Bob Denver pushed back and said, well, then it's not in my, he pretty much said like, it's not in his contract to uh, have that. So they should, uh, you know, add, add it in or something like that. So they added it in eventually, but there was a lot of pushback before they even put it in there for season two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of drama there. A lot of drama. <laughs> okay. Let's go into some true and false. Are you ready? Ed? Ready. The American flag was at half mast in the opening credits because of the bombing at Pearl Harbor. I know this one. True. You do? <laughs> it is false. What? <laughs> I think you got it confused. What? So it was at half mass because of the JFK assassination. Oh. You got him confused, girl. And I was like, wait a second. I was so happy. I know. You were, <laughs> you so, were so excited. I'm like, I was really excited for you, too. She's like, I know this one. I know it. <laughs> you do? You do? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> so, yeah, it was because of the JFK assassination. It was the last day of filming oh. on November 23rd in 1963. And they were wow. in the Honolulu Harbor to film the SS Minnow embarking on its three-hour fateful tour. Now, mm. uh, as LBJ was sworn in as president, he announced that all military installations, including the Honolulu Harbor, would be closed for the next few days as a period of mourning. So filming was delayed for a few days. And as a result, in the opening credits, the flag can be seen at half mass as the Minnow oh, cruises wow. out of the harbor. Huh. Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought you knew it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, Shelby, are you ready? Uh, I think so. Let's go. The city of Denver is named after Bob Denver's great-great-grandfather. Whoa. Great-great-great-great-granddaddy? Um, great-great-granddaddy. True. Yeah, you're right. It's true. Oh, what? <laughs> I, was, I said true, and I was like, this is maybe a dumb answer. Maybe it's totally not. Wow, I got one. I got one. <laughs> yeah, it is after his great-great-grandfather, James William cool. William Denver. <laughs> oh, that sounded like it could have been a lie, so I'm surprised I even went with the truth there. That's good. That's good. Okay, Addie, are you ready, Addie? Ready. So Sherwood Schwartz, who's the creator, had Bob Denver in mind when creating Gilligan? False. You are right. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes, that is false. He wanted Jerry Van Dyke. And um, I think you would best know Jerry Van Dyke on The Middle, Addie. He plays uh, Frankie's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he turned it down because he didn't want to be part of an ensemble cast and he wanted to be like his older brother, Dick Van Dyke, and have his own show. So he did not oh. go on to be Gilligan. Sad. All right. Shelby, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Alan Hill Jr., who plays the skipper. Played... It's weird. My uncle's name is Alan Hill. Sorry. Really? Continue. <laughs> <laughs> you sure not related? Right. He's not a junior, though. Anyway, oh. continue. <laughs> So he played one of Joker's minions on Batman. Ooh. 
true. False. He did not. <laughs> but fun fact, he played a chef named Gilligan on Batman. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what? Dang. Okay. All right. Danny and I both got one. Yes, he both got one. Okay. How many total? I forget in game time this time. I think I have six. Cool. So we got some multiple choice going on here. Two more. Two more cool. each for both of you. Woo. All right. <laughs> okay, Eddie. Multiple choice. What is Gilligan's first name? Is it Gilbert, Gideon, <laughs> Willie, or Wally? <laughs> All of the above. Right. I'll just go with Wally. Oh, so close. You should have changed the vowel to Willie. Willy. It is Willie. Oh, Willie. I never knew his first name. When I read this, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know. I don't know what it is. What was one of them? You said Gideon. Gideon. <laughs> I, want, I was like, I want that to be one. <laughs> All right. Shelby. Now, this is from the seven castaways. So from the seven actors, actresses, mm -hmm. who was a millionaire in real life? So you, oh, have, so you have Gilligan, the skipper. Marianne, Ginger, Mr. Howell, Mrs. Howell, and the professor. So of the seven castaways, who was a millionaire in real life? The professor. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, is, it was a wild guess. It was actually Mrs. Howell, who played, uh, played by Natalie Schaefer. Okay. She was actually a millionaire in real life when the show was on. Yeah. Mm. So her and her husband at the time, Louis Calhoun, they invested heavily in Beverly Hills real estate when the homes on Rodeo, Rodeo Drive could be purchased at $50,000. What? <laughs> there was a time? Yeah, so Dang. cheap, 50 grand. I mean, you can't even get a car like that. So, um, <laughs> For real? Yeah, a lot of her fortune came from real estate investment. So some fun facts about her too. There are Differing stories regarding what happened to her fortune when she passed away. Uh, one story goes, um, when she died in 1991, she bequeathed her fortune to her teacup poodle, her dog, um, because she had no children. And then with instructions that once the dog passed away, that money would be donated to Motion Picture and Television Hospital, which now has a Natalie Schaefer wing. Another rumor has it that she also left some of that money to Don Wells, who plays Marianne, because... Um, when she was battling cancer, she lived with her and took care of her. Wow. Aww. I hope it's a combination. <laughs> I hope it's a combination. And I read also that Don Wells, like she was being interviewed, but she didn't disclose. She didn't disclose if she got anything, but she did tell the interviewer that she did take care of her in her last days. Aww. According to Wikipedia, though, she bequeathed 1.5 to $2 million to the Lillian Booth Actors Home to renovate the hospital's outpatient wing, which was also named after her. So take wow. it or leave on what, which one, where, like, who bequeathed. I think it's a more interesting story that it was bequeathed to the dog. And then when the dog passed, it goes I to the I love dog. that. <laughs> That's amazing. I think I'm like, oh, maybe I should do that with my cat. I know, <laughs> right? she's She's going to live for a long time. She'll probably outlive me. Yeah. And this one's for you, Addie. So her ashes were scattered in the Pacific Ocean off Ooh. San Pedro's Point Furman oh, Light. Wow. Your favorite spot. Yeah. Wow. Love it. Okay. Now who who's next? Eddie? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Two more, right? I think. Eddie and me. Yeah. Yeah, you each have two more. Okay. So from okay. the seven castaways, Eddie, who was the one who got residuals? 
They all didn't? Yes, there's a backstory to this. Mm. They all did not. Oh, wow. Tisk, tisk. So who drama. did? So who did? Who did? I would I would have to say the main the main guy. Gilligan. Uh, Gilligan? So, yeah, the actor. What's his name? I'm sorry. Bob Denver. Okay. That is actually wrong. It is Don Wells who played Marianne. Oh. So he's the only one. <laughs> is the only one. So here's why. So uh, all of the actors signed contracts that guaranteed them a certain amount of money per original episode, plus a residual payment for the first five repeats of episodes. Uh, each episode what? yeah and i guess that's pretty standard back then but donwell's husband at the time larry rosen asked told her and advised her to renegotiate or ask for an amendment on her contract and in doing so you know the producer said fine or whatever but they never thought that the series would air all this time later like 50 years plus later and as a result the estate of sherwood schwartz pocketed around 90 million during his lifetime because of this show and so only him the creator and don Jeez. wells were the only two folks connected to still receive wow. money since then own so. your craft yeah like, yeah for real there's any takeaway always from this and i think yeah back then i guess they didn't really discuss that they didn't know what syndication was you know what i mean so yeah. they didn't even like think so new yeah it was also new so i didn't even think that so luckily for don wells she had a husband who's a talent agent who kind of knew the business and said, hey, mm. amend that contract. So, yeah, she's the only one. And then a sad thing about her, she recently passed in December of 2020 due to COVID. Oh, oh yeah. no. Yeah. So. OK, so next question. And again, it's just of the seven castaways. So who's up, Shelby? Mm -hmm. yeah it's me okay so of the seven <laughs> castaways who broke their arm falling out of a coconut tree during filming <laughs> oh my gosh wow can you name i'm sorry can you name yeah no that's fine so there's gilligan uh yep. the skipper the professor mr howell mrs howell ginger and marion uh, i'm wanting i'm gonna guess the skipper uh oh good guess what? you are yes. correct yes. i just was like i feel like this person would be climbing up a tree for coconuts so oh you know what i terrible i would have thought it would be gilligan because he's the one always i wanted up. to guess him again but i'm like we've already guessed him so that's yeah. what i just did not <laughs> so that was pure luck right there so fun oh. funny story there so and their season one rap party the creator sherwood schwartz was talking to the actor alan hill jr and you know he was jolly as can be and alan hill jr who plays skipper pretty much told sherwood schwartz oh so now i can i can take care of this now that we're done filming and he's like what happened to your arm and he said well i missed the crash, pa crash pads and broke it a few weeks ago so he's like why <laughs> didn't you why didn't you go do something about it and he said i didn't want to disrupt the schedule so he just kept going and then he asked him, well, how were you able to haul the coconuts and pick up Bob Denver, you know, throughout all the taping? And he said, well, it wasn't easy. I was like, that's crazy. Wow. So he had wow. a broken arm. <laughs> Total commitment. I'm like, wow. That is, that just reminded me of, well, speaking of the last episode we did with Friends, where Joey broke his arm, or Matt LeBlanc right. broke his arm, the episode he was diving into the chair <laughs> to beat Chandler, and he, like, actually like popped his arm out of the socket yeah. and they had to stop filming for the day. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> crazy. it's crazy. All these accidents that happen on set. Ooh. 
I know, I know. Okay, Addie, are you ready? Yes. Who had a special ice cream diet and insisted on doing their own stunts? <laughs> Out of all the cats. So Gilligan. Me. <laughs> Gilligan, Sounds Skipper, brilliant. Mrs. Howell, Mr. Howell. I want to say either, isn't there a professor in here? There's a professor, yeah. The professor or Ginger. I'm going to go with ice cream. <laughs> The professor. <laughs> it was Mrs. Howell, Natalie Schaefer. Oh. Oh. Yes. Even though she was in her mid-60s, she did a majority of her own stunts, <laughs> and she insisted on doing it. And she said that in an interview once that she kept in, in shape by swimming in her backyard pool in the nude and periodically <laughs> following her special ice cream diet, which was one quart of ice cream over three meals daily, and she would lose three pounds in five oh days following that machine. What? You went away. I did not think you were going to go. You said over three meals. Yeah, over three Whoa. meals. So she just ate ice cream Ooh. over three meals. Wow. I need a swimming pool and I've ice cream. I've been doing this all wrong. I've been doing this all wrong. I know. I'm like, wow, I'm going to, wow, three pounds in five days just eating a quart That's of ice cream. crazy. And only in the swimming pool if you're in the nude. You you can't wear a suit because that would ruin the whole. Yeah, I don't know. I guess <laughs> It was. I read this. I was like, "That's funny. That's pretty funny." <laughs> that is crazy. Just makes me think of all like the wild like diets, quote unquote, that people have done. Yeah. All the trendy things. And that is. That's a good one. That's funny. I thought we, you guys, would get a kick out of that because all this uh, dieting and trends and all that stuff. Oh, <laughs> what to eat so much, it. so much. Who knew it was just swimming and eating Cleansing. a quart of ice cream a day. I <laughs> wonder how she felt, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, final question goes to Shelby. Oh, my. Okay. Who did not get along with the rest of the cast? Ooh. So out of, you know, the seven castaways. Seven castaways. I'm going to take a risk here and say, uh, I'm going to say Ginger. Wow. No risk, no reward. You are correct. <laughs> what? <laughs> For real? Yeah. Ginger did not get along oh. with the rest of the cast. Tina Louise. Oh, no. So between the... <laughs> she just sounds like she wouldn't get along. Yeah. That's terrible of me to say the name. Yeah. The uh, Between the scenes, uh, the six under mem members of the cast would chat and joke around and she would really just sit by herself. And they think that part of her dissatisfaction with the show was that she expected to be the star of the show, and allegedly her agent pitched her the story of an actress stand stranded on an island with six other people. So I, it kind of goes along with that thing about her contract, too. She didn't want anyone oh, being yeah. billed after her. I think it was to the point that Bob, De Bob Denver and her didn't get along at the time, and it was to the point where he didn't even want to do press and take pictures with her. Oh, uh, wow. But. I think he succumbed one time. He said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll... But they really would just ignore her or leave her be. They just didn't. <laughs> they didn't care. She didn't bad. like want to participate and she didn't want, she just sat by herself. So they were like, okay. I almost guessed the main guy. I almost guessed Bob Denver, but I was just went against that. It's like, you always think like, maybe naive for me to assume the cast always gets along when that's just not the case that they're actors for a reason and you can act like you get along really well. I know you really not like each other as much. Yeah, exactly. yeah. that's crazy. Cool.
the show. That was good. I have I have a question, actually. You made me think of one while you were talking. All right. If you were to bring, you were stranded on a tropical island and had to have only one item with you, what would be that one item? Can we bring our cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like, was it, as I was Let's like see. writing that question out, I'm trying to think of like a weapon of some sort or something that could be used as a, a weapon slash shelter. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Some kind of weapon. I like a knife. knife. I feel like yeah. a knife or something. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. I think that's what I would pick. Some kind of knife. I thought you were going to ask which of the cast members would you want on that island with you to oh, survive. <laughs> I went a different way. I mean, we can do that you for did a second. Go a different way. <laughs> I don't know why, and this is like non-survival, but I guess in a way it could be used uh, as like a weapon too, depending is just like an unlimited amount of music of, of being able to listen to music. Mm -hmm. And then, ah. you know, if somebody's pissing me off or annoying me, I just like that's very <laughs> annoying music. <laughs> I'm actually surprised I didn't choose something like that because that's a great... That's a good answer. That's, that's a really good I answer. I can't imagine myself on an island with no... You have to have music. Music is like ultimately what can really help. Yeah. I'm also thinking of that show Naked and Afraid where they get to pick they get to pick one item I think right that they bring with them mm -hmm. some people some of the things that people pick make me laugh but I think <laughs> I always think like I would take some kind of knife I think just because but also like I feel like water is important just little so like yeah coconuts okay. water <laughs> lip balm lip balm <laughs> well you're supposed to find some water right yeah yeah, yeah. Phone would be the worst because I feel like that would die in like a minute. That's true. <laughs> it would be of no use. No use to you. Yeah, I think I'll do a knife too. Maybe like those uh, mm. those Swiss Army knives with the yeah. many different uh, kinds. And yeah. yeah, I think I picked that. That could be good because then if you're climbing up a tree, you get coconuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't fall, but then you could get the coconut down with a knife. <laughs> All right. Any hints for next week? Let me think. It's a free-for-all again, right? Free-for-all. I think we're free-for-all. <laughs> I was trying to find while you were doing your episode, I could have sworn there was like this very Johnny Depp thing that he did where he like built, he has a bar in one of his houses that it's all like Gilligan Island themed. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I can't find it. Instead, I found cool. that like apparently he has like this dream about somebody haunting him from the cast oh my gosh johnny depp um, i just got chills when yeah. you said that that just like let me see his reoccurring nightmares that feature the skipper from gilligan island oh my gosh <laughs> he's terrifying i gotta look i'm looking at his face right now i need to not creep me out apparently in real life though he was really nice and jolly like like a santa almost huh yeah also i forgot to do the scoreboard update addy you are at 25 and shelby you're at 33 33. 25, you have 26? 26. All right, you found it, Addie. Mm -hmm. You found the article and it says, Johnny Depp's dream. The most disturbing dream I ever had, Depp said. And I hope this is taken the right way because I'm sure he was a very sweet man. Was one where Alan Hale Jr., the skipper on Gilligan's Island, was chasing me. He was in his wardrobe from the show, the white cap and white pants and everything, and I was running from him. He got on a bicycle and chased me into this weird little apartment, really small, really low rent. I looked over to my right and there was an elderly woman, ethnic looking, squatting. She raised up her moo moo and took a piss. 
I got the fuck out of there immediately because she was very evil. Then I remember diving over the bushes where the skipper was trying to get me. And then I woke up. Wow. <laughs> that is very specific. <laughs> like, I wonder if he fell asleep while watching Gilligan's Island or something. I don't like, know. That is. Yeah. It's crazy. What a dream. So far apart from uh, the actual actor. That's funny. My hint for next week is I can go twice as high. Ooh. Mm, I thought I knew what it would be. <laughs> I thought I did too, and I instantly thought of the song like, anything you can do, I can do better. But that's not it. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> it's now a podcast too, but in not named the same. But yeah. I'll have to noodle on that one <laughs> until next week. I don't Tune know. Tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hint. Well, it was fun taking a three-hour tour. Let's do it again? Yes. Head over to catchypodcast.com and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Instagram to stay in touch for the in-between episode fun. The IG handle is at catchypodcast, just like the name of the show. And for this podcast, we are signing off. (laughs) Did you hear that echo? Small, very small. Okay. It's okay. okay. It's okay. It was just there, just... It was your voice singing back three. Uh, I know, again, right? <laughs> when I had to do happening. it. <laughs> I want to know. No one's going to know. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Join us here each week, my friend. You're sure to get a smile from these three <laughs> catchy anchor hosts. Catchies. Here on Catchy Podcast. Three hour tour.